Season 2, Episode 3 of Home Away from Dome, Force Majeure. Don't worry, I looked up what the definition is, we'll get into that later. Uh, this is, this is a, I, I gotta say, I think this is my favorite episode so far, so let's just play the theme music. Home. Away. From. Dome. Okay, so, um, this episode, uh, a lot happens in it. Um, I, I, I guess I'll just cover what force majeure means. So, according to Google, uh, it is a term in law for an unforeseeable circumstance that prevents someone from fulfilling a contract. Um, you know, like a giant dome coming over the town. Now, um, of course, in our Toronto scenario, the dome was planned, and so it's not an act of force majeure. Uh, people should have seen this coming. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be clear for quite a while what force majeure is referring to in this episode. It's sort of a last-minute talking point. What this episode should really be called is The Plagues of Egypt, uh, or The Plagues of Chester's Mill or something, because uh, it, it gets... Oh, I, I just gotta dive in. Okay, uh, so sort of our opening scenes, sort of setting up what's going on. Uh, we have Barbie and Julia are hanging out together. Uh, so Julia moves pretty quick. We know that Barbie started living with her immediately, killed her husband, found out, got over it. So they're... they're their relationship has progressed a lot in 14 days. I, I just want you to be more careful about bringing strays into our house. And now Julia's, of course, ado adopted a teenager to live with them and be their perfect little happy family. Uh, so River Girl, we still don't canonically know her name at this point, although it is Melanie. Find out a bit later in the episode. Uh, so Melanie, Barbie, and Julia are all hanging out over the same roof. Uh, Melanie is, of course, snooping through Barbie's drawers. Barbie's like, hey, what the heck? What are you doing? And, you know, she just plays like a deer in the headlights. And then Julia comes in. It's just like, you interrogating her? She's my daughter. Not actually, but definitely has that vibe. And Barbie's like, I don't know if I trust her. She's very sketchy. Uh, sort of appeared out of nowhere. Doesn't know her name. Uh, refuses to tell us anything about anything. Only trusts you. And, and Julia's just beyond done with him like she is i i i honestly think she's gonna ditch barbie and just hang out with melanie from now on because melanie is her new best friend um but anyway as big jim likes to say there's trouble in paradise in the shumway household <laughs> shumway barbara i don't know something like that um a little interesting tidbit that came out of there barbie lived in zenith that was one of the things that Melanie found in the drawers. Um, Zenith, of course, is the town with a tower in it that uh, Junior had a music video sequence in in episode one of season two. Um, the scene sort of ends with uh, Julia talking about how they need to go get ready for Jim's mandatory citizen registration. Um, sort of weird <laughs> they're doing like a census at this time but yeah they all got to go fill out a survey to uh you know say why or not why just who they are and what they are um meanwhile another setup we have big jim chilling with his barber lyle um let me paint a picture of lyle he's reverend coggins um but alive he looks he's about the same age he has a history with big jim he's very religious he uh 
looks basically the same, has the weird, same bad hairdo, um, except he's a barber. Um, so we get some nice Sweeney Todd energy as he's like shaving Big Jim. Uh, Big Jim is actually about to go on a date, it seems, with Rebecca Pine. Who's this lucky lady? Rebecca Pine, she's a science teacher at high school. We're working together. Um, unfortunately, some stuff happens this episode, so we don't get to see it, but uh, for those shippers out there who weren't a fan of the uh, uh, Barbie Julia ship, if you're not familiar with the term, ship is short for relationship, uh, you can now follow Rebecca and Big Jim, uh, the, the two most ruthless people in town. Um, anyway, so everybody goes to the diner to do their survey, because, like, why not? Um, it's, a, it's a set that they have, and it'd be weird if they... Actually, it would be way less weird if they all went to the school. Like, a school is a government building that, you know, like, polling and voting, like, that type of stuff happens in the schools. I guess they needed the school for the B-plot line. So everybody goes to the diner to fill out a survey that they could have done at home. But I guess they need to pick up the paper, and then they're like, well, I don't want to drive home, and then fill it out. But it seems like it takes them a while to fill out the survey. Um... They're all just uh, chilling in the diner, um, talking to each other. Lyle's being weird, talking about God. Rebecca, of course, is just like, God, that's not magnets. Doesn't exist. Rebecca's just very herself this episode. <laughs> um, Julia talks to uh, Joe and Nori about um, who... Or, sort of about Angie, you know, the death is still a bit raw. Um, and Nori has a great line where she's like, The dome let her die? What if we were wrong? The dome isn't here to protect us. Julia's, I don't know, they're a bit lost. They can't really explain why Angie died. Uh, mostly because I don't think the writers wanted her to die. Also, there were four hands a couple days ago. Now with my sister gone, there's only three. Rebecca comes by, talks to Joe, and she's like, Can you open up the project room at the school and make sure it's prepped? Remember that windmill project we did on alternative energy? We're going to be replicating the concept on a much larger scale to generate electricity for the town. Which is hilarious to me, because, I don't know, I just had the, the vision of what if instead of them working on wind power, the last project they did had done a potato battery. Like, would she have walked up to Joe and been like, Joe, we need a big potato. Uh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got two wires and we're going to hook it up to my car. Because um, it's not every science project needs to be used to save the town. Um, sometimes you could use science that wasn't taught in a grade 7 class. The problem here is none of the writers took science classes beyond that, I'm assuming. <laughs> but And no shame. I, unless you count computer science as a science, I didn't really either. Um, but anyway. Um, River Girl, of course, or Melanie. Oh, River Girl's starting to grow on me. Uh, not the character, though. She's being super annoying. And this whole episode is basically going to have a B-plot of Nori and Melanie getting in a cat fight. Uh, because Nori's, like, upset that Joe's paying attention to her. But, like, Melanie's being, like, really... Melanie and Joe are both being really rude. Like, Melanie's just putting her hands all over Joe. Just in, like, you know, casual thing that friends do. Like, wiping a tear away. Um, and 
Joe, Joe like has a line later in the episode where he's just like, is that okay, Melanie? Can we do this? And Melanie goes, yeah. And then he turns to Nori and he's just like, we're going. <laughs> we're like, come on, Nori. So they're, they're it, I don't know. They're trying to play it up like Nori's being jealous and like, you know, a bit of a shrew. But like, I don't know. I, I'm on team Nori. Joe and Melanie are being horrible in this episode. Um... Yeah, other than that, it's it's just people. It's very clear where the lines are being drawn. Like, all of the likable characters are on one side. Rebecca and Big Jim are on the other. And then Barbie's sort of in the middle, leaning towards uh, Rebecca and uh, Big Jim. The, and Sam's there, I guess, too. <laughs> oh, he actually, he's not there yet. Because um, Sam is actually at his cottage, uh, and Junior's there. And Junior's like, oh, man. I think I killed Angie, and uh, I, but I don't know. And Sam's just like... Your mom, she had blackouts too. Fugue states, the doctor called them. Disassociative or something like that. What's important is that sometimes afterwards she would go back to where she was when the blackout hit and she would get these flashes, glimpses, little bits of memory coming back. Which is such a weird thing because he, <laughs> it's basically an excuse to send Junior to the high school. And he goes there and... It's never brought up again. Like, he doesn't have any flashbacks, which I guess is fun. Not everything has to pay off, but um, it's, it's just such a weird premise. And then and it, if if nothing else had happened, Junior would have just driven to the school, wandered around, looked, trying to have a Vietnam flashback, and then just drove home and been like, sorry, Sam, it didn't work. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this is where it gets good. We still haven't gotten to the title card. This was all set up. Uh, it starts to clouds are shown in the sky it starts to rain all right folks grab any of your sensibility you can find folks let's go everybody get your buckets which apparently they had at the diner maybe they just keep them there maybe the diner had a lot of buckets i guess that can make sense um and they just go precipitation scarce let's collect as much drinkable water as we can they all get ready to walk outside and unfortunately it's raining blood blood from the skies and if you touch that blood, it will burn your skin off because it's not actually blood, it's acid blood rain. <laughs> um, nobody really reacts at that much. Lyle sort of says like, It's raining blood. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's raining blood and it's across town. The kids are stuck in the school. Can't be blood, can it? I don't think it's cherry Kool-Aid. The adults are stuck in the diner. Um, stuck is a strong word. If you had a raincoat on, you're fine. You can get to your car. Um, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the most pressing danger. Uh, but, you know, there's people stuck outside. Uh, Sam goes and finds them and all that. Because uh, he's a paramedic and he brings them and treats them and all that stuff. Sam's such a great guy, except for, like, everything else he does this episode. So, as you can tell... Um, this is exactly the type of stuff I was talking about when I think of season two. This episode, like, it didn't seem like anything was going to happen, and then, like, we got a new biblical plague. Um, as, as Lyle described... Like three plagues rolled into one. Storm of fire, boils, and water turns to blood. I think they realize they aren't going to do all ten. <laughs> Can't wait for the death of the firstborn, so that's going to be great. Angie's dead. Um, but yeah, how is Toronto going to handle... Uh, acid blood rain. So, um, from the perspective of 
like how would we handle it i think it's not the worst thing toronto being very urban uh there's a lot of shelters you can get into like a lot of places like it, you're, unlike chester's mill it's very unlikely that you'll be in like a big open field um so i think that running for cover would be a lot easier to do um and i don't know like i saw a few people get a few drops on them in the show and like apparently just putting your like pulling your sweater over your head's pretty good cover so i think that physical damage obviously you know, people will die and be caught out in the rain um so <laughs> they're there but I, I think most people will be able to get to safety um this may sound callous but when you're dealing with a biblical plague uh, the the expectations you have to have going in are a bit lower um I think the main issue, though, is the psychological impact. Um, in this show, they seem pretty, you know, eventually they realize that it's actually algae or some crap. I don't know. <laughs> Rebecca gets some weird explanation at the end that I'll get to. Um, but I think it would be very difficult to convince people that this is not a biblical blood rain. Um, first off, just days ago, sorry, one day ago, the butterfly plague would have ravaged Toronto. And now today it's raining blood, uh, acid blood. So even worse than when God did it. The, do <laughs> the dome takes no prisoners. Um, I don't think uh, people would really believe that it, there was some explanation for it. I think that this would probably start several cults. Um, I would call them a doomsday cult, but domesday is right there, so several domesday cults. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that this is just... It's too on the nose. Uh, I, I don't think you could... I, I think that people would just... I think it would be defining. Like, you would think of it as before the blood dome and after. And honestly, I think I'm going to have to factor that into how... Domonto is doing so looking at of course the major events that have happened because of this of course everybody got stuck in the dome uh, in season one I think the main issues that we ran into was um, uh, everybody turned to crime there was a fight club in our city um, and at some point the world decided they would not allow a dome and bombed uh, Canada out of existence Oh, and, and we got invaded by China, I think, as well. So season two, of course, everybody's uh, tricycles flew out of their house and lined the outer wall. Um, we were attacked by butterflies, which honestly, man, that one wasn't that bad. Uh, the magnets, of course, knocked out the entire town and uh, tore our buildings out of the ground. Um, and now... Uh, in the rub in the rubble of, of all of this, uh, I think our society would have turned to sort of turn to the leadership that cults can uh, afford. Um, I wouldn't call them biblical. Probably a new scripture will be written. Um, but yeah, uh, and probably another down week for the dome. Uh, not a lot of pros. Um, <laughs> I don't even think we'd be able to stop the blood rain because I don't. We'll, we'll see what Rebecca does. All right, let's, let's, let's get back to Chester's Mill. There's a lot more that happens this episode. I talked about it earlier about how Lyle is just Reverend Coggins. Um, I honestly think... 
I don't, I wonder if Coggins did like an Angie, like they wanted to keep him in the show, and then he just said, "I gotta leave," and they killed him, and then now they have to have a new guy that's like him, because the similarity is just way too much. I, I thought at first it'd be different because like Big Jim and Coggins seem like good friends, but it, I'm pretty sure Lyle or Big Jim and Lyle seem like friends, and Coggins was an sort of a enemy ally, but it seems like it's the exact same dynamic because I don't think Lyle likes Big Jim but Big Jim still sees him as a friend anyway um Rebecca and Jim of course they drive out into the uh they just go for a drive I I forget why I collected a sample I can analyze it at the school lab and look for a way to neutralize the acidity maybe they're trying to figure out what the uh, acid rains coming from I think they think there's like a pond that has bad algae because as Rebecca pointed out it's not blood how do you know there was a red rain phenomenon in India a decade ago it was caused by spores from an abnormal algae bloom of course that I'm assuming didn't burn through flesh but you know it's just science come on they go for a drive they're hitting it off uh, talking about science and faith Look, believe in me and I will believe in you Science and faith. They're doing that a lot this season, by the way. Um, and, oh, there's a guy in the middle of the road in a very, like, I know what you did last summer type of pose. And so Big Jim swerves, hits a tree. Uh, the guy comes, grabs Big Jim, throws him out of his car, steals the car with Rebecca in the side seat, and drives off. It's, it's a great sequence. And Big Jim's just stuck under a tree, getting pelted by acid rain he pulls his coat up over his head and he radios in like this big jim on martin road across from killians uh, send help <laughs> but yeah big jim got carjacked and the balls on that guy like that's like what a move like you stand in the middle of the road you hope that big jim is enthralled in a conversation about religion versus the dome then when he sees you you have to assume that big jim puts your life over his and swerves out of the way which was very out of character and then that he hits a tree and doesn't just keep driving like he, he can't just swerve around you um also that all four i honestly can't re remember why they did this uh spoiler alert the person who did this it's lyle um yeah, the, the new character introduced a few minutes ago. What a twist. Um, but yeah, Lyle did this, I assume because he didn't want them to fix the blood rain. But at the same time, he thought that the blood rain was an act of God. So I don't know why he thought they'd be able to fix it. I honestly don't really know why he did any of this. I'm looking at scripture to tell me what this is. What are you looking at? Science. So you'll solve everything, huh? You and science. Or go down trying, okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to stop the rain. And, and neither does the devil. If you stop interfering with the plan, I won't have to hurt you. I'll never stop. Sorry to hear that, Rebecca. I just didn't know what he was trying to do the whole episode. Um, meanwhile, at the school, um, so Nori is uh, continuously being jealous, but Joe and uh, Melanie are sort of like flirting in front of her. I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch, but they're being annoying. 
juniors there because you know he was wandering around the school trying to figure out where um where he murdered angie um and joe's like well well, while we're here let's build some windmills as he pulls out his uh surface his microsoft surface and oh my god oh my god what is it email i'm getting email just tons of emails so of course the microsoft surface tablet in the middle of town is the only device powerful enough to get signal from the dome it's and the amount of times it's usually on shows they don't show the screen or they show like some like crappy imaginary search browser things like that uh, every shot they can has the microsoft surface tablet on its home screen because they don't want to show any other any like third-party stuff it's just like joe is using a tablet built by microsoft which is stronger than the dome um, apparently the dome is, uh, sort of going viral on Twitter, according to Nori. We're super trendy in Twitterland. One of the emails that Joe gets is from his dad. And honestly, we should just play it in its entirety because it's like two sentences long and super uninspired. Your mother and I pray every day that we'll get to see you soon. In the meantime, stay safe and be smart. You're the man of the house now care of your sister joe is not the man of the house like in any way angie wore the pants in that family 100 percent uh like and it's weird to tell like your younger the younger brother that he's the man of the house when the only other person in the house is angie who's like at least two or three years older than him but also angie was just so much more mature so much more of a like in charge person than joe like i don't know what he meant by that maybe it's just like buck up son or maybe it was more like i'm leaving you and <laughs> even when the dome comes down i'm not coming back to that house but i don't know i just it, it probably took him 30 seconds to write that email and it probably i don't know maybe maybe he just copy pasted it and that's why it doesn't work but it's just a horrible email um Joe, of course, is very affected by this. He was the man of the house, and he let her, uh, let her, his brother die. His brother. I, I really do think Angie is the man of the house. He let his sister die. Um, so he breaks down crying. Weirdly, he looks at uh, Melanie instead of uh, Nori. Uh, and this is where Melanie uh, brushes her uh, the tears away from Joe. Do I even tell them that Angie's dead? I mean, wouldn't it be better if they just didn't know? We'll figure it out, sweetie. It's it's honestly just super weird. Like, Nori's just watching it, and I get it. She's like, why is Joe looking at this rando? Like, does he have an emotional connection to her? He doesn't even know her name. Um, so Junior's there, and Nori's just sort of annoyed at everything that's going on. For some reason, she forces Junior to check his emails. Um... It's so great. There's this secretive group sending emails to them. And for Junior, they title the emails for him. But, like, it's it's as if Junior's, like, a seven-year-old. Like, the email's literally titled, I can help you, James. And he's like, oh, okay. And then it, it's a link that says, watch this, James. And he's like, oh, okay. So he clicks watch. Um, eventually, he 
it, it it's a passcode protected link and it's like enter your mom's birthday and just for people out there if any if you ever get a secret email that says enter your mom's birthday like don't enter it it's clearly just trying to get your password info uh, but junior does uh, and of course it's a video from his mom and his mom's like by this time now I expect you know or have at least suspected the truth that I'm alive you must have so many questions uh, I'm not gonna answer any of them <laughs> you know because it's so complicated talk to Lyle James this is important please listen talk to Lyle Yep, that's right. Lyle, the, the weirdo barber guy who just stole a car. But Lyle knows all the answers. Um, and she, she talks... The video gets cut off halfway through because they run out of internet connection. And weirdly, the page reloads and then says nothing can be displayed, which is stupid. Should have just, you know, been frozen buffering. And then he could have rewatched it. Except it didn't really look like a video player. I don't know. A lot of issues with this weird website they built for uh, Junior's mom. <laughs> but I don't know. She spent. She had a lot of time in that message, and she spent it all just saying nothing. The amount of information she could have conveyed to Junior in that time, so much. And I don't think Lyle's gonna have anything useful to say. But we'll we'll, we'll see about that. Um, yeah, they, so they lost internet. Um, the internet's going to be going on and off when convenient uh, through the Microsoft Surface tablets. Uh, but Joe has an amazing line where he just goes, My tablet's working and the signal's still coming through, but there seems to be some kind of block. Which is very clearly stating, like, Microsoft Surface tablets do have strong internet connections. We still have an internet connection, but some mysterious force, like a dome, you know, not real, fictional, super-powered force is able to block my connection. Um, it's it's great. Microsoft paid whatever they paid. It wasn't enough for this type of coverage. <laughs> uh, Big Jim, they eventually find him under a tree. Uh, Barbie and Julia drove out to get him. Jim! He's barely breathing. Let's get him up. Come on! Could be anaphylactic shock. Um, I guess he's allergic to blood. That's a tough one. Um, uh, in, in my notes I called Lyle Barber Coggins uh, he's kidnapped Rebecca Pines um, and Rebecca literally tells him it's rain I know how to stop it and nobody else will get hurt if you untie me what? how do you stop the rain? nobody can stop the rain like I think what she meant to say is like I can fix our drinking water that and this is all an assumption because she hasn't actually like uh, seen our any water yet. But she's like, I could clean up the lake and then it will stop raining blood in the future. But like, there's the, people don't stop clouds that are raining from raining. Am I, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I missed that invention. But she's not going to stop the rain. Spoiler alert: she does, and I'm going to get into how stupid that is. But anyway. <laughs> Oh yeah, so Big Jim, they bring him back to the diner where everybody's still filling out their surveys, waiting out the rain, uh, and he's like, uh, it was Lyle. And so Barbie and Julia go off to Lyle's barber shop to see if Rebecca's there. She's not, but 
Um, when they get there, they see a picture, and it's Sam, you know, uh, Tag, uh, Junior's uncle, Pauline, Junior's mom, and Lyle, hanging out as children. And it's like, oh, they're all friends, eh? So Barbie uh, calls Sam, and he's like, hey, I, I see you guys are friends. You know where Lyle is? And Sam's like, nope, uh, after that picture was taken, I stopped talking to Lyle. I haven't seen him in 25 years, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Junior comes over because he listened in on the police radio. Because Junior's still a part of the police. I don't know why he didn't become sheriff. Um, but it's it, he was the most experienced guy there. But he comes in, and uh, he's like, uh, hey, Barbie. Uh, can I see this picture? This is my mom before she met my dad. Uh, it's by the cement factory. I used to build forts there when I was a kid. Now, I, I didn't comment earlier that, like, they don't go back to the cement factory. And they don't. But for some reason, they call the weird uh, shack that Coggins is in the cement factory, even though it's clearly not the cement factory from season one. So I assume this is some building beside the cement factory. But whatever. They're just trying to milk that season one nostalgia everybody has for the cement factory. Oh, if anybody was wondering, Junior's mom's birthday is August 1st. So unfortunately we missed it. Um, I was hoping that there might be like a, we could do like a special Junior's mom's birthday episode, but no luck. <laughs> um, not too much happens. Joe's still being a dick to Nori. Um, oh. So, Lyle's been basically, like, torturing Rebecca this whole time. Um, he's taken the acid blood from outside, put it in a plate, and has been just pouring it on her skin to convert her to Domianity. There's a new god in Chester's Mill. It surrounds and embraces us all. You got a choice, Rebecca. I just pray you make the right one. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. And with fire. Um, Rebecca is, of course, a Scientologist, but not in like the other way, just that she really loves science. So she's not playing for any of that. But eventually he breaks her and she's saying, I was wrong. The rain is, is, is a test, a test of my worthiness. Whose test? I don't. I, I believe in its plan. She doesn't mean it, but he's just, she's saying it. Um, and you can tell he actually puts his torture water away and just goes and picks up a gun. You only believe in what you can see. Your lost cause. I don't know. It, it makes me think more, even more, why did he kidnap her? Um, Lyle's, of course, very adamant in that the dome is a spiritual being that is, or a god that is uh, telling people what to do. Um, right before he can kill her, uh, Barbie and Junior burst through the door with pistols aimed at him, uh, and Julia's there too. Uh, he very quickly points the gun at Rebecca, makes them drop their guns. Drop it! Drop it! Put it on the ground! Put it on the ground! Put your guns down! Put those guns on the ground! Put it down! On the ground! Put the guns on the ground now! Hey, I'll shoot her right in front of you. Now put that down. That's right. Damn! What is wrong with you? Does that ever really happen? I don't think it would. Like, do police officers ever just drop their guns? I feel like they would just... I, I feel like protocol would say, like, don't do that. But it's not like Junior read any guides on how to be a police officer. So it, it's a pretty moot argument. 
anyway, uh, so with their guns down, the, the Reverend is just sort of like, uh, why are you here, Julia? You believe in the dome. And Julia's like, yeah, the dome's a nice person. And he's like, no, it's not. So they have a debate about it. Uh, I'm on his side, honestly. I think Julia's interpretation of the dome is pretty naive. But meanwhile, Rebecca, using the power of science, unties her hands. And then right as Julia's getting through to the Reverend, uh, yeah, I'm going to just call him the Reverend now. Um, Rebecca takes the baptism water, throws it in his face, and then they just beat him up and mission solved. Julia then goes, Why did you do that? He was about to give in. Showing zero sympathy for the woman with acid burns all over her back um, and just her flesh. Like, she was in the right. <laughs> she had, like, I don't know. This guy was still holding a gun, like, at her. Anyway, Rebecca and Julia are both not great this episode for multiple different reasons. Um, meanwhile, at the school, uh, there's tr they since they lost internet, Joe is trying to find the for the strongest like Wi-Fi connection there. Can't get access, but the signal's still coming through. Maybe that means there must be a I don't know a crack. I don't mean like literally. What if magnetism caused some sort of a, I don't know wormhole? We found the source of the signal, we might find a way out. Um, so he's wandering around school with the tablet sort of like a divining uh, divining rod to like, or I don't know, like a metal detector basically. And he's just on like the home page of the surface. So like the only thing he'd have access to is like a little like Wi-Fi bars symbol. I don't know. It, 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 the way he holds it makes it seem like it's like pointing him in a direction. Eventually, they find the, the, a locker that has like all of the internet Wi-Fi, and it's the one Angie died on. So there's a bloody handprint on it. I don't know why the handprint's so bloody. Maybe she put out. Maybe her hand was bleeding. I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll buy it. Anyway, um, Melanie opens the locker. Eight. How did you know that combination? Nori's like, what the fuck? Why can you open locks? And Joe's just like, uh, don't be mean to Melanie. <laughs> and, and Nori's like, what are you, a safe cracker? A magician's assistant? Because when we got here... The locker was locked, and then presto changeo, you opened it right up. Nori, she doesn't know. It was just like, I saw it in my head. In your head? Oh, in here? Nori, stop. No! She just shows up here without any explanation on the day your sister gets killed in front of that locker and just happens to know the combination. Why don't you trust her? She just saw it. That doesn't even make sense. How do you see a combination? Anyway, there's nothing in the locker. And the signal went away. And it's like, what did this accomplish? Why? Who brought them there? Why did they open it? Why does it matter? <sighs> anyway, just to get that storyline done, eventually they look in some old yearbooks, and, oh, look, Melanie's in the yearbook. That's where they, how they figure out her name. Um, and the yearbook is from, like, 1982. So how could that be? How could somebody who was a high schooler in the 80s still be a high schooler today? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. 
yeah so it's to look forward to more teen drama angst and intrigue in that plot line uh, meanwhile rebecca in a great 10 second scene uh drives out to a pond with a few other guys and a, and a hose sprays the hose in the lake and it stops raining rain stopped i stopped it not the dome me how make sure salination with some high ph compounds so yeah i don't know how that worked like she put in something to neutralize the acid i guess but first of all it's weird that like it was just one pond with all of the bad water but secondly she was able to neutralize all of the redness and finally like that doing that somehow stopped the rain as if like the rain was like like i know the water cycle is it goes from the from the lake into the clouds and then back again but it's not like a continuous hose type of thing i assume the water up in the clouds has been there for a while but i don't know it, it the way they edited it it worked almost instantaneously man i had a lot to say this week but we're almost at the end of the episode um so the rain destroyed a bunch of livestock uh, and food and so there's sort of a illuminati meeting in town um like all of the most important people in a dark diner uh discuss what happened so julia big jim rebecca and barbie basically the thrust of it is there's not enough food for everybody and in the future they're going to have to kill off a bunch of them uh to survive julia is of course horrified and she's like no I'm, i refuse to do it the dome will get us out of this and barbie's just like well hold on hold on here dear uh maybe maybe we should kill the weak it's great i i love when barbie's not the ultra hero um Sorry, I do love when he is the ultra hero. I, I love having both. So having him sort of side with Barbie, Big Jim and Rebecca in this secret Illuminati, well, Julia's just beside herself. Uh, it, it's a great angle. Um, after Barbie leaves, we find out that this isn't going to happen in the future. It's already there. There's not enough food anymore. The rain killed too many pigs. Far fewer medical supplies, crops destroyed. A considerable amount of livestock decimated, especially in the pig population. So, uh, they're gonna. So, Big Jim and Rebecca, the town counselor and science teacher, are gonna have to team up to uh, kill one quarter of the town. And apparently, the survey they took was to get all the details and figure out who should die. It's it's great. Um, one other thing um, that I really enjoyed was Rebecca had an analogy about a. A random tribe in Borneo that she doesn't know the name of. To me, that's TV writer code for this town doesn't exist, but who knows. I read about a tribe in Borneo. I can't remember what they were called, but they had this ritual, something that they would do every year. They'd put all their elderly, their infirm, up into a tree and they would shake it. And whoever held on was considered strong enough, useful enough to make it to the next year. I don't even think I need to add too much onto it. I just, like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. I hope that's not a real thing that happens. Um, but yeah, I, well, sorry. I hope it's not a real thing that happens in the real world. I do hope they implement it in Chester's Mill verbatim. Um, I think that'll solve a lot of problems. Um, also, Rebecca tells Jim the dome chose you to make the tough choices. 
I forget. I, what, what I think is happening is like Rebecca is just using Big Jim because she knows that nobody likes her. Those hard choices could be made, but not by me. Dome chose you to make them. But I don't know. It might just be inconsistent, and she loves science and Big Jim, and I don't know. Inconsistent character. Um, anyway, the episode ends at Lyle's is a jail cell that he hangs out in. Uh, Sam comes by, and he's like, hey, Lyle. And, you know, that's weird, because Sam earlier said that he hasn't talked to Lyle in 25 years. But he says a bunch of weird shit, like... Um, you know, you made a, a promise, uh, just, just stuff you'd say, like, if, if Sam was Lyle's boss. And Lyle's like, oh, it's a force majeure, boss. I don't have to do whatever you say. The dome's down now. This dome is about as majeure a force as it gets. And Sam basically says, like, I could kill you and nobody'd know. Nobody'd care. He also said that to Big Jim earlier in the episode. I may not be on your team. Hell, I may even hate your damn guts. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna let you die. At least not yet. Sam is a very dark guy when he wants to be. Anyway, uh, Junior comes by after, talks to Lyle, because you know his mom told him to. She told me you'd have answers. Some pretty provocative questions. And Lyle's like, oh, I could tell you anything. It's not Lyle. I don't know why I did that voice. I don't like Lyle. <laughs> but he tells Junior he could tell him anything he wants if he lets him out of the jail cell. So that's where the episode ends. I have to assume Junior lets him out of the jail cell. What does Junior care about being a cop? Very little. He Honestly, he probably wants to be not a cop so he can wear a new outfit every week. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Yeah, that's, that's the end of the episode. Um, it was crazy. Um, I forgot that we got Blood Rain this early, and I'm, I'm just really happy with it. Um, I don't know what next week's going to do to compete with that. Um, next week's episode is called... Oh, for a second I thought it was called Blue on Blue, but that was season one. Revelation. Oh, we're keeping the biblical theme. I love it. Um... Maybe we can get Genesis in here, too. Oh, fun. It's Revelation next week, and then Reconciliation. So there's a bit of an R vibe. Okay, I'm just rambling now. Uh, wow, Season 2 is a lot longer on average than Season 1. I don't know if I'll be able to keep that up. But thank you for listening. Uh, signing off from Chester's Mill. Been a pleasure. Bye. <laughs>